It's great to have you here this morning. It's great to be worshiping. I love that song, by the way. That is a powerful song. And uh, so I didn't plan on starting this way, but I'm going to start this way now. So yesterday, John and I went out on a little trip. And uh, the last few weeks, maybe even a month and a half or so, I've been looking into the name Harkness and uh, didn't know much about it. And I was talking to my dad and we've been talking about where our families came from, turns out from Scotland, and some came over in the 1700s, and some more came over in the 1800s, yada, yada. Did you know there was a town like 30 minutes west of here that used to be named Harkness Grove? Yeah, me neither. It wasn't very big. There were like nine people in it or something, but Harkness Grove was in the 1830s. They ended up having a cemetery put there called the Harkness Grove Cemetery. So we thought, hey, it's a nice day. Why not go to a cemetery? I don't know. That's what we did. So we went to the cemetery. We pulled up. Would have missed it if there hadn't been a guy pulled up there and and going to the cemetery. Turns out the only way you can get to it is by walking through a cornfield. There's no path. There's no anything. You just walk through it. Now, everything's already been kind of turned over, and so it's like thick mud. And, And we're like, well, we didn't come all this way for nothing. So we walked into it, I mean, mud up to our ankles. I'm starting to sink, so I'm like, time to start running, right? So now I'm running through the mud, just picture that one, and I'm running through mud up to my ankles trying to lift and get through, and all of a sudden I hear, oh no! And I get to the other side, I'm like, yes! And I turn around, and she's standing there one foot up, it came off! I'm like, reach down and pull it out, baby, and she's like, help me! No. No, I'm, I'm good right here. I'm, take them off and pull them out, hon. It's gross. You can handle it. And so she reaches down and goes, and pulls them out of the mud. And now she walks across in her socks. And we ended up looking around there. It turns out, actually, one of the Harknesses in there, James Harkness, uh, in the 1700s, uh, he ended up uh, serving in the Revolutionary War. And there was a little monument there to it, and so we took a couple photos of it and stuff. And uh, turned around to walk away. Awesome, massive deer print in the mud right there. I'm like, I'm setting up shop right here. And uh, so then we have to walk back. So I said, this is how much of a man I am. You go first, babe, and see if you... (laughs) See if you can't press the mud down so that my shoes, which haven't come off already could stay a little cleaner. It didn't work out. Both of us got to the other side totally trashed. Our shoes are sitting on the back porch drying out right now. What's, what's the point of that story? Uh, you know what? There's a start, there's an origin to where we all come from. And uh, we were looking back into some of that with me, back into the 1700s in Scotland and the Harkness name and some of the serving over here in the Revolutionary War and all that stuff. And today we're going to be looking at the start of the church, man. Today we're going to be looking at the start of the church and missions and some of God's plan in it, all right? And so we're going to be looking at the mission of missions and how the church got going. So turn with me, if you will, to Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 19 through 30. Acts 11, 19 through 30. And uh, the mission of missions is the title here. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you, all right? Ushers are coming down. They've got them in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you there. We're going to walk verse by verse through this section. Acts 11, 19 through 30. 
All right, so four different things that need to be there for God to be building his church. That's what we're going to be seeing out of this today, all right? So first point, his church is built by his sovereign mighty hand. This church is built by his sovereign mighty hand. And uh, man, if God's hand is not in it, the church will not be thriving, okay? So let's just start out here. It says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. Now, those who were scattered, the word in the original language there literally, diaspora, have you heard that name before? Right, diaspora, it's the spreading out of the Jews. And there was a pressure on them from both Jews and Gentiles And they were being resisted and pushed back against as they talked about Christ and his awesomeness. And uh, there was huge pressure on. In fact, Stephen was martyred, a life taken. And after that, it started to get bad. And as the pressure started pushing in and they started pushing out away from that pressure, well, they were headed to other places and towns. And, you know, we see names like this, like, Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch and like what are those places and so I thought let's just lock it in geographically for you today all right so here we go ready you guys here you guys are like Israel Jerusalem okay what are you you're Israel all right so this is kind of where it all was starting originally in Jerusalem this all up here is like the Mediterranean and it all stretches out that way okay this is the Mediterranean here okay so this is water all right, that's Israel. So Phoenicia is kind of like these two sections right here. What are you guys? Okay, so this is Phoenicia. So now they'd move north into Phoenicia. Cyprus, well, that's me. Like out in the middle of the Mediterranean, it's an island. You'd literally have to take a boat to get to it, okay? So Phoenicia and Cyprus, right? And then Antioch is kind of like you guys in the back up behind the sound booth. That's Antioch, all right? What are you guys? Oh, that was lame. (laughs) What are you guys back there? All right, Antioch. So we got Israel, and then we've got Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch. Can you see the geography now? They're pressing north and out, okay? That's what's going on. All right. It says that they were uh, pressing out because of this persecution that arose. It involved even the loss of life, people being killed because they were taking a stand for Jesus Christ. So as they moved north, it says here, they were speaking the word to no one. Well, I think that's where I'd end the sentence. You know what I mean? Hey, we had to leave the last place because we were going to lose our life, man. Everybody shut up. We're just moving out now. And that's not what it says, though. What does it say? It says, speaking to no one except Jews. They were still sharing with the Jewish people the awesomeness of Jesus Christ, that he is Messiah, Savior. He's come, like all of the Old Testament prophecy fulfilled in this one. Yeah, they're sharing that out. They're telling the other Jews they're running into about it. Why are they only telling Jews? Well, because they didn't get the memo. Right? They didn't know some of what was going on. And in fact, if you look back into the early part of 11, even into 10 of, of Acts, 
chapters 10 and 11, you see the Gentiles beginning to be talked with and Peter having a dream and Peter sharing out and Peter seeing Gentiles being saved and there's others from Jerusalem coming and seeing it and they're seeing the Holy Spirit come on them and all those things happening with the Gentiles. Everybody say, that's a big deal. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, God had a plan. And he was moving out. And yes, originally he was working only with Israel. But that was to build up a nation and prepare them so that they could become the vehicle and the mouthpiece for who this Jesus Christ is. All right? And a huge opportunity to be sharing his name. It says they were speaking the word to no one except Jews. Um, it says, but there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. Yeah. So that's how we usually respond, right? We read things like this and we're like, eh, I don't know what that means, so I just keep reading. It's information and facts. This is the first real big outbreak of sharing Jesus Christ with the Gentiles that's going on from second tier, like people being saved and they're now going out and beginning to share. They're beginning to share with Greeks and uh, it's a huge deal. When we read it, we're supposed to respond with kind of a, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a big deal. Everybody practice with me. How are we supposed to respond? Okay, here we go. Now you're prepared. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists. Yeah, exactly. Also preaching the Lord Jesus. They're not just sitting down with them going, hey, how was your day? And uh, so what do you do for business? Do you know of any open homes in the area as we move into this place? Like, that's not the talk they were having. They were like, you need to understand, we just left Jerusalem. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, man, the Messiah, he exists. And yes, he was crucified. And yes, he is risen. And yes, he is Lord. And while we were pressed out of there and had to move for our lives, I'm telling you this, I will not stop talking about him. You need to know. And they begin to share with the Hellenists exactly who Jesus Christ is. And uh, it says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. Uh, that's an awesome metaphor, right? This is actually in, in uh, literary terms, anthropomorphism, right? The hand of the Lord. It's, does, does God have this physical hand that he's reaching out with? No, but it's talking about him moving amongst the people and making an impact. And so the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great many and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. When God's at work, huge things happen. Right? These guys are coming in and they're like, we're pressed on all sides, we had to leave. I'm telling you, Jesus is awesome. And the guy hearing it is like, really? How awesome? He's like, well, let me tell you how awesome. This is a few of the miracles I saw. Wow, that is awesome. Right? And God starts pressing in on him. He's like, tell me more. And, and more gets shared. He goes, hang on, hang on. Stop, stop. Hey, hon, you got to hear this. And now more people are hearing, right? And hang on, kids, get over here. And more people are hearing and and what, what does it mean? What do we need to do? You need to trust him in order to be saved. I, I want to do that. What does that look like? And, and now they're saved. They're like, hang on. I got to go get my cousin. 
right? And then they're bringing them in, and numbers and numbers and numbers of people hearing about the awesomeness of Jesus Christ and trusting and being saved. Praise be to God. God's mighty hand moving. And you want to build the church? It's not a club. It's a place where God Almighty is moving in the hearts of the people. And they're trusting in Him as Savior. And they're sharing with others. And people are being moved to their knees. That's the church. That was a good spot for an amen. Amen? I'm telling you, this is a huge deal. The church It's not just some place we gather so we feel like we have a group of people we know and can be known by. And it's nice to be known, but it's way more than that. The church, it's the place we rally so that our God may be glorified, so that Jesus Christ may be lifted up. And a huge deal here. Notice it says, it says, who believed, turned to the Lord. A great number who believed, turned to the Lord. Some of yours say, believed and turned. Okay, And so let's be really careful with this. It almost sounds like believing and turning are two different things. And so just so you know, in the original language, the word believe, it's in the I-N-G form. Like, in believing, they turned. Okay? Are you hearing it? In believing, they turned to the Lord Jesus. Those two are tied together. Belief and turning to him. One in the same kind of action, one helping you understand what was going on inside, one helping you understand what's going on outside as they move towards Jesus Christ. In believing, they turned, and uh, huge, as massive numbers of people are saved, and uh, I can't imagine what it was like, but uh, if you were to get even a glimpse of it, maybe for those of you who were with us two and a half years ago, think back to grand opening here right? As we had somewhere around 12 or 1,300 people in attendance at the church at the time, and grand opening Sunday, we ended up with like 2,600 and something, almost 2,700 people here, just packed everywhere. And in the first service, we had, I think it was 26 or 27 people accept Jesus Christ as Savior and said, I'm in with him. I I want to follow him. And then in the next service, another 16 people, we had 43 people accept Christ. And then that night in the high school ministry, we had over 175 people there in the high school ministry, and six kids accepted Christ. And man, there was movement happening. But get this, it didn't start that day. It started when we were building this place, and we didn't have carpet down in the atrium. And uh, we went out in the atrium, and we took markers, and we wrote names down on the floor. How many of you were there for that? All right, take a look around you, like a third That's what God's doing with this church, man. And like we sat down in the atrium and we started writing out names. This is who we're praying for. And writing out verses and verses in front of the worship entrance and verses in front of the doors coming in and and laying it all out and praying over those and saying, Lord, may you move in your timing, in your way with these families. And I'm telling you, many of you are in here today with your name under one of those carpet squares out there. Praise be to God. And uh, that's what it looks like when God's moving. He stirs within us a plan of where he's going. And he challenges us to walk with him in that. And as we pray with him and as we long for him to be glorified, he does amazing things. And uh, 
Not unlike what we're talking about even with Easter and the invites now. That's the next step, man. What's God calling you to reach out with and to reach out to? And who? That God might be glorified. The mighty hand of God. Man, there was only 46 or so that got saved that day, 48 on grand opening Sunday. I can't imagine the hundreds and the thousands coming to Christ. People gathering it in and getting it and their lives being changed for eternity. All together right here. Praise be to God. The church. If we're going to help build the church, we better grasp this. It's all about his mighty hand moving. So simple question. Are you praying for God's hand to move? Are you praying, Lord, may you move in my life, in my family's life, in my neighbor's life. Lord, may your hand move. That's how he builds his church. All right? Long to see him stir. And then get ready because you're going to drop your jaw. God works huge as we rally around him. Second, in building his church, his church is built as we encourage others to remain true to the Lord. His church is built as we encourage others to remain true to the Lord. Notice it says here, the report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to Antioch, okay? So remember, get the map again, Antioch, it's like way back up behind the sound booth, right? And the church at Jerusalem catches wind of what's going on and all these people being saved. So they send up representatives way up to the north, northeast, in order to be able to check out what's going on. And it says, they sent Barnabas to Antioch, Mr. Encourager, right? Hey, if we're going to send someone to a new area where some questionable things are going on, who should we send? And somebody's like, everybody likes Barnabas. We should send him. He'll stand for the truth, but he's a nice guy, you know? He's really encouraging and supportive, and yet he stands for the truth. And so they sent Barnabas up there as a representative, and, and uh, it says, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad. Does that define you? You walk into rooms, do you walk into situations and say, Lord, show me your grace at work. I just want to be glad as I see your hand moving. Are you the one who's skilled at finding everything wrong? And so you walk in a room and you can list nine things that were broken in 42 seconds flat, right? Or are you the one who comes in and you're like, I see the hand of God moving. I can see his grace at work. And may we all be grace spotters. You know what I'm saying? Lord, help us to be like Barnabas and learn from this. Help us to walk into situations and see your hand, not the broken things we want to complain about. And, uh, it says he was glad and, uh, and he exhorted them. See, that's why they sent Barnabas. You could send a guy who just spots grace and he's like, oh, it's awesome. Now I'm glad. And then he does nothing. Right? He just goes back home. Or he just sits down with people and chit-chats about life. That's not what he did, did here. So it says, he exhorted them to all remain faithful in the Lord with steadfast purpose. He exhorted them. Exhorting. That's a big word, man. It means he brought the challenge. Exhorted. It means he didn't walk in. He walked in and he goes, this is awesome. Okay, okay, okay. 
Everybody rally here for a second. I got something to tell you. Come here. Come on in. Closer. I'm going to yell louder if you don't get closer. There you go. Come on in. Okay, here's the deal. Steadfast, man. Faithful. That's where you need to be. Why is he saying that? Because the people you just heard about Christ from were pushed out because people are being pressed on, persecuted, even killed. Know this, your walk with Christ, it may come at an earthly cost, but it has eternal value. Man, get ready to stand faithful with him. That's our king. He went to the cross for us. We will not be moved. And, and you can imagine some of the people sitting there and they're like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know I was really in for the persecution part, right? Wouldn't you? I thought the Jesus saving part was awesome, but the persecution part I'm a little less excited about, right? And uh, He's like, let me teach you what it really is to follow. And he says, with steadfast purpose. Man, that's a t-shirt. Steadfast purpose. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm going after. I know my goal. And nothing will take me off of it. Nothing. Steadfast purpose. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us have steadfast purpose. It's like, uh, I will be comfortable. No matter what. Steadfast in my comfort. Or our I'm trying to make a lot of money. I'm, I want everybody to like me. And let's be careful with those purposes. And uh, it's time to be steadfast in the one purpose that matters. May he be glorified. No matter what. And, and it might mean that I have to go through some tough things. Then I'll go through them. And it might mean that... that there's pressure on my family or there's situations that are uncomfortable. May God be glorified. What does he want me to learn in this? Lord, teach me. I'm willing to learn. Steadfast purpose. Remaining faithful under the pressure. And uh, why did he share these things with him? It says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. He understood what God was going after. The Lord was working in his soul. The fruit of the Spirit pouring out. He was literally seen both inside and out as a guy who was good and got what the Holy Spirit was doing. And what's the result from somebody sharing like that? A great many people were added to the Lord. That's what it looks like. The church gets built as we share. The church gets built as we encourage. The church gets built as we rally alongside of each other and make much of our God, okay? And unfortunately, too many people say the church gets built when we make much of each other. You hear the miss in that? I'm great with the horizontal care, and I'm great with caring for... We just came through uncommon community, right? Huge uncaring for each other. But it is making much of our God is where it starts, we will love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And then that pours over and spills to the streets. Love your neighbors yourself. Be very careful. If we start making it much of man, all we have is a club. Make much of our king. Okay? All right. So, 
It says a great many were added. You notice this phrase, a great many. It's repeated throughout three times. A great many, a great many, a great many. And uh, we say this phrase around here. Uh, the mission of the church is missions, right? So we need to get out spreading the word of Jesus Christ, getting beyond our church walls. Great to do it here, yes, in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, in this area, as we care for the needs in the area and make much of our king, right? And then to the uttermost parts of the earth, getting plugged into international missions and going after it. The mission of the church is missions. The mission of missions is the church. What do you do once you get out there? All right, we're here. Now what? And the answer is, Start rallying people to the name of Jesus Christ, preaching the Lord Jesus, pulling them together and making a church right there that then locally begins to express their worship towards Jesus Christ and call others to it, where when you encourage people to remain faithful, it begins to grow. Are you seeing the plan? Okay, that's a really soft response. Are you seeing the plan? Okay, this is the model that God put forth in the book of Acts. I'm going to plant a church, and from there, there will be people sent out, sometimes on a plan of missions, sometimes under pressure. They will be sent out, and where they are, they will share much of Jesus Christ, and locally, there will become followers of him. We will rally them together. They will be called the church, and we will begin to create a local on-fire worship going on. The mission of missions is the church, all right? So I'm just going to tell you this. I want to give you a few little facts and a few little pieces of information about us to explain missions. I know that's a piece that a lot of you are like, hey, where are we at as a church? What's going on with that? And let's just be clear, okay? We will be a church planting church in all we do. We are a planting church, okay? It starts from within. When we get a number of people coming in, they're like, hey, I'd love to plug into your impact groups. And so we plant a new group. And so we're planting from within here, and we're taking some key leaders and some people with, and then we rally people around that, and there's a new group. Our impact group model is a church planting model on a local level, okay? Now that starts spilling out beyond these walls, and we start going out into the nations, and our goal is to plant churches. And so everything we do is centering around church in some way, shape, or form. Well, what about when we do these clinics? What's with that? Okay. Well, the clinic was like on the third floor of one of the buildings, which, by the way, is attached to the church. There's a church school combo there. It was part of Harvest Jack Mal. And so we're doing a clinic ministry that's reaching into the community with physical needs being met and then praying with people and caring for people and calling them into the church. There's a rally cry to the church. And sometimes you're handling physical needs and sometimes you're handling spiritual needs, but a call to the church, okay? That's what's going on. And so that's what's going on with our short-term trips. When we're sending people out, we're always making sure we're rallying around a church expression in that area and building it up. May God get the glory. Always about that. And, uh, just so you know, we also do this with our mission stuff. We take 5% of all money that comes in. So every time you're putting dollars in the offering, 5% is immediately going off to church planting, okay? We plant Harvest Bible Fellowship, right? You may have heard of that term, the Harvest Bible Fellowship. We plant Harvest Bible chapels all over the world. There are over 110 now, I think it's 114, 112 
112 churches existing right now, four more rolling out like as we speak in the next few weeks, okay? In the next year here, 12 months, they're expecting about 14 churches more to be planted. I even wrote down some of the cities here, so, uh, or uh, countries here. So we've got the Caribbean, Haiti's going to be planted. We've got Africa, Cameroon and Kenya are being planted. Uh, we've got Romania and uh, Canada and the U.S., and they're looking at a, another possible spot in Europe right now. These are places that we're planting internationally with the monies that are coming in. We're putting that into the fellowship. We're training guys up. We're sending them out. We're rallying people around. We're building core teams. We're getting churches fired up all over the world. All right? That's a big part of what we're doing with our missions. And the mission of missions is the church. And the mission of the church then is that missions, running out and helping do church planting internationally. That's what we're going after. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see all that God's been doing in it. And uh, it's been amazing to watch some of what's been going on. Uh, just a few people to point out. So Steve McGinnis, one of our pastors here uh, working with missions, uh, is now going to be working more closely with the fellowship in doing planting. About a fourth of his time is going to be spent in planting. And so uh, we've agreed as of last week, basically, we're going to be helping plant uh, St. Louis, South St. Louis, and South Indy. Those are two churches that are going to be launching sometime this year, and Steve's going to be a key part of helping those things plant, as well as, obviously, myself connecting with them and some of our elders, depending on what's needed. And so partnering into some local stuff there, and then we're helping plant Haiti, okay? And uh, this is a huge deal, man. Steve is massively invested into the missions piece, love what he's doing and bringing a lot of structure to it. And God's being able to really bless through that right now. This is becoming a launch point, right? We're being able to plant churches nationally and internationally. That's what you're a part of. As you give monies in, as you jump on a short-term trip, as you're praying for the missions going on, may God be glorified as we plant churches in. Hey, some of the churches are running in that 50 to 100 range, and some of the churches are running in the 200 range, and some of them are running in the 2,000 range, and, and uh, most of them probably more in that 200, 100 to 200 range, okay? This is unique expression of what God's doing, and uh, excited about what he's doing here. But uh, when we say Harvest Bible Chapel, it doesn't always mean uh, 2,400 people on a morning, right? And uh, still God doing some huge work in that, and uh, amazing what he's, taking, what he's doing in that with the people there. All right, um, our goal, our goal, his glory, more disciples. Are you hearing me? His glory, more disciples on fire. More disciples on fire. We got to make sure we're going after this. See, we could mistake it. We could just say more churches. And then you just end up with a bunch of clubs and you're actually counting the wrong thing and disciples, people on fire for Jesus Christ. That's what we're going after, okay? May God be glorified. And uh, excited to be going after this. Just a little shout out. We got Mark and Stacy here, senior pastor from Harvest Houston, and uh, good friends of ours, and they're vid visiting with us this morning and excited to be uh, connecting up with them. So, hey man, there are a ton of harvests around and there's a lot of connect and interconnect and just excited to see what God's doing in and through him in this world, all right? And the numbers continue to increase. And uh, we have to be really careful, all right? I'll always say it this way. This is a harvest statement. We are about a quality of discipleship, not a quantity of disciples, right? A quality of discipleship, not a quantity of disciples. That's a big deal. 
Everybody say it's a big deal. Right? It's not about getting a bunch of numbers in place and then none of those people really care about Christ at all. Like, that's lame. That was a fail, right? Epic fail. And so what's our goal? Like, Lord, more people on fire for you. Yes, deeper. Yes, more. That's actually the Matthew 18 command. And, and so if we're going to, or Matthew 28 command, and if we're going to go after that, if we're going to say more and deeper, right, then, then we need to not have an aversion to the more. Okay? And sometimes there's a resistance to more. And uh, what does it mean to have more churches or what does it mean to have more people in a church? It means Christ getting more glory. That's what it means. May he be lifted up and glorified, constantly celebrating him, okay? All right. So first is his hand moving. Second is our partnership. Third, uh, his church is built as we partner in long-term discipleship, long-term discipleship. It says here, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. He's like, okay, I've done enough encouraging. This is what I do. I come in, I see the grace of God, I get glad, I tell you a few statements, and then I go get Paul, right? And so he's not even named Paul yet. We're still in transition here. And so he goes to get Saul from Tarsus. It says, when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Dude, you, he said, dude, I'm sure of it. Dude, you got to come see this. You got to see what God's doing. We need your help. Remember Saul's history. Pharisee. He knows the word like crazy. He knows Old Testament. He understands the plans. He understands Israel, but he sees Christ at work now. He has met Christ on the road to Damascus, and he is ready to launch the church. Come help! And uh, so he brings Saul in, and uh, it says that he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. They shared, and they shaped, and they challenged, and they discipled, and they brought on huge passion. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians, right? There was so much impact that they literally began to call them little Christ ones. May that happen in Peoria. Hmm? A so on fire for Christ, and we're so excited to share about Christ, and we so look like Christ that they're like, I'm just telling you, it's like little Christ ones running everywhere, Right? And that's what was happening in Antioch. So impressive, God's work in their heart. Man, open your heart up and let God move you towards him. May his mighty hand move in your life. And may we all be this kind of body. When this is happening, huge things begin to come at work in the church. And uh, a little story about that that we've got is from Harvest Jack Mount. We've had a lot of history going on with them as we've helped plant them in the last year. And they went from a church of... 150, 200-ish, somewhere in there, 250, and now they're pushing over 850. This is in Haiti, man, where you got to walk to church. You know what I'm saying? And a, a lot going on. So we just wanted to get you a feel for it. Here's a video. Let's go ahead and play it. I kept having visions, and in these visions, I always see myself in Jackmail City, walking in the streets, and people calling me to pray with them. It's where my passion is. It's where my life is. Serving God. I learned to live by faith. God taught me to live by faith. 
because it's by faith I started the ministry. So when I met with Brother Dave, and once he came with his wife Sonia, and we met, introduced me about what is going on in Harvest, and he attended Harvest York region. He told me that he would be glad if I would become a, a Harvest pastor because he realizes what I am doing, it's what Harvest has been doing uh, in, in the world. very strong in making disciples, investing in the lives of these people. All of the classes, classrooms were filled with people in different impact groups to learn about, to walk with Christ, to walk with Christ and know how to, to serve Christ in the body of Christ. Equipping these people to go and preach the good news, to go to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea. So I realized here we are in Jerusalem. So we need to go to Samaria, to Judea, and to the rest of the world. So that's why I visit other, other states of Haiti to assess it, to see what opportunity we can take to plant other harvest churches in Haiti. Cap Rouge, uh, Haiti, and with uh, uh, Antoine Seville, who is a potential church planner here for this area. Uh, Antoine is a part of Harvest Jacmel, is one of the leaders within that church, and we're at the clinic that was built last year. This, the folks at uh, Harvest Jacmel were instrumental in planning this facility to meet uh, some of the medical needs and dental needs in this community. But we're using, uh, uh, looking to use that as a as a launch pad then to plant a church here. Actually, the people uh, that are in this area really just asking for a church to be planted here. Believe that if we connect with other people and we love it, it's a passion for us. So we will keep adding people to the body of Christ. I cannot keep it secret. I can. I have to tell the people and come and see what God is doing. That's how the church is going. Hundred fifty Haitian people in that room. Then in, in the playground area and uh, by the hallway of the school, this is where um, three times of the church meet. So we have more people attending the, 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 the local church than seats to help them to give them on a Sunday morning. God brings more people than seats and more people than space. We need a church, a bigger worship center, and God is able to do it. Let's make the first step. We meet with the members of the church. We say that 
and we need a church. Let's come together, let's bring together what we have. And people, they sell what they have and they bring the money to, they collect the money and give it to, to the, the team. And we, are, we were able to raise 200,000 US dollars. We are now at 35% of the construction of the worship center. If we didn't run out of funds, we would complete the project by, by November of 2015. Stop for about three weeks. We cannot continue to work because funds run out, but God does not run out. We would like to have the December 31st in the church and to to call people and see what God is accomplishing among us. With God we can. With God we can. Amen. Guys doing a ton there. Over 100 people saved, 75 baptized. They got uh, just a ton going on in the place and uh, such a joyful spirit in the people there. Uh, they're not looking around at what they don't have. They're looking around at what they do have, and they're worshiping their God in the midst. And, and uh, what's our role in helping build a church internationally when something like that's going on? Point number four. This church is built as we each give as we are able. Notice it says, Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. Prophets, that means people coming down where God's working with them and giving them an insight to some things taking place. It says, and one of them, named Agabus, stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine. Uh, just so you know, the word great occurs four times in this passage, and three of them are great numbers being added to the church, and the fourth one is great famine. God often works that way. It's in the midst of growing things, he then does allow a pressure on in order to grow people up, right? First you grow it out, then you grow it deep. Then you grow out, then you grow deep. And that's a lot of what he's doing right now. He's allowing famine into the place in this passage. And uh, by the Spirit, it says. So everybody say, from God. Okay? And uh, we have the Word of God, and we walk through the Word of God powerfully on a weekly basis. These guys, at this point in time, had the Old Testament, and then they had prophets speaking the words of God. All right? And uh, so by the Spirit, it says that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, here was their thought, God moving, everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. As they were able, according to their ability. Now, these are huge terms. You tie it together with 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, and it says, man, give cheerfully. And as we sow, we reap, yes, but hey, as God lavishes it on us, so we're allowed and able to give out. And the call here is rallying around side churches as they've got things going on and help needed, all right? And uh, we have a chance to give into it. And uh, praise God, we're hooked with Haiti. We have an experience with Haiti. We've been able to send well over 100 people. I don't even know how, how many have we sent down there in short term. 130 or so down there on short-term trips so far, and uh, just seen a ton going on in the place. And here's the deal, man. You saw the building partially built. First floor is in place, and 
There is no second floor and there is no roof and there is no finish to it. They've spent the money they had come in and this is how you do it in Haiti, by the way. Like around here, we try to collect all the money and get a good plan and then you get a bank to back you, right? And then you have all the answers, right? And then you step out. Yeah, that's not how Haiti does it. Haiti's like, 10 bucks, put another brick in. Right, that's how it goes, man. We'll spend what we have. And so you see rebar sticking out of the top of it and they're like, more to come. And, and that's it. That's their plan for building and they just build as God provides and they're excited to get it and they're excited to use it and they just keep moving as God reveals, all right? And so right now they're in a spot where there's a, uh, the number's probably about 500,000 remaining to finish the building. And uh, our thoughts were we as a church could rally alongside and be a part of that, that we could come in and help be a support, that we could be a partnership, that we could give as we are able and so what we want to do right now, in this moment, right here, is take an offering to do exactly that. So here's my request, all right? Uh, some of you may not be able to give. Remember, as you are able. Then that's where you are. And uh, some of you might be with us for the first time and you're like, I'm not even sure what's going on. I'm okay with that. This is for those who are a part of this body and you're ready to pour it on saying, God has blessed me and here's some that I can give over and above giving, right? This isn't the, I'm going to take away from what we give here for the next two to four weeks and do this. It's, hang on, we're working with the missions piece as well, and we're working in the ministries here. So continue giving normally, but over and above, do you have something that God has made you able with where you could give to this? And let's see what we can do. What's God got in store? What does he have in mind? I'll tell you this, none of us thought, 1,400 day one. None of us thought 850 a year in and holding strong, right? The 1,400 includes dignitaries and, and grandmas and aunts and uncles that visit from another town, and, right? But 850 going regularly, 105 saved, 75 baptized. God's pouring it on this place. And I'm telling you this, the mission of the church is missions, May we figure out how we can reach out and partner with. And the mission of missions is building the local churches out there. All right? God's calling us, man, and he's got a plan. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Larry to come on up. And let's just go to a time of prayer. And we're going to have ushers coming forward during that. And we're just going to pass this down the row. If you're able to give whatever you're able to give, now's the time. All right? And so... Let me pray, and ushers, let's just give it a minute or so so people can get checks and all that prepped, and then we're going to pass. Let me just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We're in awe of you. Lord, we preach your name as Lord Jesus. You're in charge. We make much of your name, and we lift you up in this world and in this universe. And Lord, we just pray now, what might we do to be able to partner furthering your name in Haiti. Be with each of us as we consider. Stir, Lord. We're ready to honor you. In your mighty name, I pray.